This is Inanda Joy. And I'm Valerie. And we welcome you to the practice of living from your heart while finding oneness in duality. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Ding. And the Where's angels sing. <laughs> Can I have your arms? Because mine, like, I'm Well, gonna... if you had my arms, then I wouldn't have arms, and then I couldn't work. Oh my God. Why do you have to take everything at face value? <laughs> I don't know. Is that a Gemini thing? <laughs> no, because I don't feel like that's... <laughs> because I'm a Gemini. Okay, Val, tell us a joke. Okay, I actually had a really funny one, but I can't remember it now. Oh, so sweet then Jesus, it's not that funny. doesn't even work. Oh, it was so funny, too. Damn, I don't do well under pressure. Under pressure. That's, that's not what... true, I actually do do well under pressure unless it comes to telling jokes and then not so much when you're like take us through meditation I'm like fuck okay that guided (laughs) you're fine I don't even know how really it turned out I think I listened to it once after when it turned out great it was fine and you were right in some aspects because when you said you know don't shamans do that I'm like I guess they do it's not something you're really taught, but it's, I've taken a lot of people through meditations during session. It's a lot of guided, because you're doing guided journeys, aren't you? Um, is that sh- what shamanic is, is a guided journey? It, it can be, but when you're sitting in a session and you're doing a session, you're, especially with where I'm at right now in the practitioner training, you're going through and you're looking for the bind. So usually there's something up that someone wants to work on. Um, it may be a relationship or it may be something triggered and it's sticking with you and you're feeling anger about it, or it may be whatever it is, or that limiting, it's finding the limiting belief in your system that you're currently holding on to. And then as a shaman, you go through and you check the chakras. Like I'm, I'm tracking to see where it's held in your body. And then we actually will have you, I'll have you lay on the table, check the chakra, see where it's held there. And then we work on moving the density through that chakra So you're releasing the bind, you're going to the root of it, releasing the density, you go through the energetic body, the mental, emotional body, all timelines, you know, you're clearing it really on all, even in the quantum realms. And then you bring in Sami, which is light. And, but every session, like that's kind of the container. And then every session morphs into Mm -hmm. whether it's an entity extraction or it is, there have been some where I've felt led to do a guided you know, you're here Journey. and you walk and it mm-hmm. just shows up with however it shows up for the client that's on the table. Mm-hmm. And that's been really cool with my, the stepping into the practitioner in that vessel, I guess. I don't know how to, that stream of consciousness, like it's super expansive and it's something I resisted for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And still like I, um, I had a session with Christy. She came over yesterday and I was, and she's someone that I feel like she holds such strong medicine in her practice. Like Christy the, Foster? Yeah. Oh, awesome. The, the first time I stepped into her space, she does psychosomatics. The She's first, a very much a shaman, though. She's magic. Well, her one of her clothes... Anyway, I don't want to yeah. share things about her because this isn't... Yeah. Anyway, sorry, Christy, if you're listening. We love you. But um, when I first stepped into... she, Because she practices out of her home, I was so taken back by the integrity of how she holds her, cont- her container. Yes. Very safe, very clean, um, really beautiful, beautiful energy that she holds in yes. her, her medicine and how she practices... I've, I know, I think you've felt the same, but I've had some deep healing yes. that has come through. Oh, absolutely. 
So then when we were the last time I saw her, I'm like, yeah, right now, you know, I'm offering free sessions because it's part of my practice and me practicing. And she's like, sweet, let's schedule it. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> yes. And yes, I'm not saying no to, you know, because it brings up my fears and insecurities of, you know, I practice out of my bedroom right now and because um, I don't have any other space. But anyway, it, it was a great, it was a great session. And I love it. Anyway, how did we? Because <laughs> we talked talked about guided meditations. <clears throat> meditations, yes. Christy Foster is an amazing body worker. She's now, also one of my teachers. I'm learning psychosomatics from her, and oh, yeah, she that's right. is amazing. She's a beautiful teacher too. Yeah. Because you yeah. you invited me to that face reading class. And well, we it was both her emotional to. anatomy class. Oh, that's what it. Yeah, it's yeah. emotional anatomy. So she's all teaching. She's teaching psychosomatics of what your body is telling you like through the symptoms you experience but she holds she holds such integrity in her work not only that but especially for me something that as I've known for years I would step into more the teacher space I've I've always been really worried about not ever wanting to be put on a pedestal not ever being want to wait a minute does that mean I can't be who I am because I have my moments of being a total bitch and I am human. And I, so for years I kind of sat with that. And as I've gotten closer to where I'm at today, which is really stepping into this place, when we went and sat in her class, I so loved and honored her for how she, it was straight across teaching. It was not a, I'm right. better than you. Right. Let me tell you, it was just sharing her wisdom yep. to help us increase our wisdom of things that we don't know. Yeah. And she was very vulnerable. She shared some personal experiences and, oh my God, I so loved having that as a yes. Yes. This is what, this is what I want to do. What it can be. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I am such a believer in collaboration and I feel like we can be such a, an amazing network for each other. Um, Christy Foster is doing a lot of free classes on her oh, YouTube yeah. page right now around psychosomatics. Um, so if you're interested in it or if it pings something in you, she has two um, Facebook pages. One is her personal Christy Foster and it's C-H-R-I-S-T-Y. F-O-S-T-E-R. And we'll or, put it in the description too. Yes, yes. And then she also has her emotional anatomy page, which is um, her business page where she's teaching. And she doesn't always post, she always posts the stuff in her business emotional anatomy page. And then her personal one is her personal one, but she will post some of the stuff on her personal page. Um, so I would definitely direct you to her business page, Emotional Anatomy, because she is fantastic. She's been doing body work over 20 years, and she's been in the psychosomatic world for probably half that time. Um, she's one of my teachers, and yeah. she is fantastic if you're in the area. I don't know she does remote sessions. I don't, I don't know how you would, because she's so fit then physical. Like the last session I had was the most painful session I've ever had with her I was teasing her I'm like I think because her husband was out down in the living room when I came mm -hmm. out and I was so disoriented yeah <laughs> she's like that can happen because yeah. these were you're moving energy through your body through well, your chakras yeah. oh and there there were gateways by my it was by my knees and up in my elbows she called them they were gateways and I don't yeah um, anyway she lives in Salt Lake City so if you're local here I would definitely recommend get a session 100%. with her because she is fantastic and then if you're interested in psychosomatics um she's doing a lot of great stuff on facebook right now yeah. so a little plug-in for one our of our favorites friends. Yes. yes christy well and i think for me and my uh, as i go through all of my transitions and growing and 
doing something that's so physically oriented and I do pretty often I get massages with you too mm-hmm. but having something that's like physical touch whether it's the massage work or the psychosomatics that's really helping to open up the physical body yes because we, when we do all the spiritual work it, it moves but sometimes our physical body has a hard time not a hard time it's slower to respond well it's to. dense right your mm-hmm. physical body is very dense and you hold this information in your body on the physical level yeah so it's really helpful I feel to put it in combination where you're doing the energetic emotional work and the physical you're you're working with the physical points in the body to help the body release it as well but the body is more dense it just is yeah So I recommend doing all sorts of a myriad of, I, I have my team of people of, okay, I need a session. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Me too. Me too. It's so great to have a, um, a network of people to draw from, Oh yeah. you know, cause different people bring out different things. And that's one of my visions is I would love to create a collaborative network of body workers or energy workers or coaches or Mm -hmm. whatever where we collaborate because I really believe there's enough business for everyone and we each have offerings for people at certain times um so if we can cross network and cross um collaborate collaborate reference like when you throw out a reference to uh-huh. someone without the fear of comp, we don't need to, but it's taking something away from yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. And go where you're drawn. Like if, if you're working with someone and all of a sudden it's just not resonating, that work may be done with that person and be willing to sever the tie for the time and find another person. You know what I yeah. mean? We can get super loyal in who we do body work with. And as a body worker, I do appreciate that. And if you're on my table, it's because I have something for you. You have something for me. And mm-hmm. when that time is done, please feel free to go wherever you need to go. Follow your body. Well, or couple it together. Because I know, especially the medicine that I carry, if I am starting to go down something that I can feel something is asking to be done here, but I don't know that I have the container or the wisdom to go there with them, I, I won't. Right. And I'll refer them out. And so that, I mean, it kind of goes right. a little bit hand in hand with, with what you're, with what you're saying. Right. And the ability to go, you know what, there's something here that's has, having an ask and I recommend you go over here. Yeah. And I feel like that is living the law abundance. We talked about that a couple sessions or a couple uh, podcasts ago, that abundance is a universal law. And if we don't, if we believe in abundance, we never have to, as practitioners, we never have to be afraid of how am I going to have enough business? Because if you believe in abundance, you're going to attract the people that need you and you need them. And you don't have to hold on to anyone or feel competitive with anyone And if you truly feel someone else could benefit or one of your clients can benefit from someone else, please trust that and Mm -hmm. refer them on. Because really, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Yeah. You know, I totally agree. Yeah. So little side note. I know. I I mean, it kind of flows into the idea of boundaries, right? Of boundaries, holding a good boundary around your body, what you need, what feels good to you and when it doesn't feel good anymore. It's really, okay to move. And, and that, you know, it ties in with integrity. Because that's integrity that we're talking about with here's the boundaries. I don't know. We, since we just 
it's so funny because we talk about our story with leaving religion and it's a different energy that's held in the body. We're definitely more in the body as we're talking about some of this other stuff. Your, and it, my energy is hovering over around my head. So it's interesting to, to observe, at least for me, I don't know what you're feeling, but this, I talking about boundaries, which I think is a really important conversation to be had. And I feel like I've had boundaries and then it changes and then I have boundaries and then it changes. And then I have, you know what I mean? They're constantly moving. And even, even to the moment today, I'm still, how do I, how do I want to hold my boundaries here? And in specific, actually with my family, it's funny because on the one hand, you're like, God, should I not share personal details? And on the other, it's like, I'm fine. I'm an open book. And I guess I'll anyway, but for me, it's definitely with my family. And how, how do I want to, something will, something new will show up and how do I want to hold boundaries here? And then something else shows up and how do I want to hold boundaries? Yeah. I feel that's interesting when you first say that holding boundaries with my family on one level, I'm like, wait, you can do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And that's a conditioned belief, right? Because as a child, um, my dad was, his way was law and we didn't have a lot of permission to speak or express or speak anything contrary to what law was. Well, and that goes to your, what you were talking about in the last podcast with the tribal law, the yeah. tribal system, yeah. the tribal law. Yeah. And you and go I'm, against the tribal yeah. system. You're going against tribal law, which means what? Well, and to my dad's defense, I'm sure it was an inherited tribal belief that he came from. So it's not something he created. He was just living a tribal belief. Like the man is law. You know, it's my way or the highway. I tell you to jump, you say how high, you know, and I'm sure that's the system he came from. The family system, when I say system, the family system that he came from, the inherited beliefs, the inherited patterns of how a family operates. And so I can admit I'm learning how to have boundaries and I'm 40, almost 46 years old and it's been a journey and it's been a process. And at times I've even thought, wait, I can say that I can do that. I can have a boundary here. I didn't even know I could. Well, I think part of that too, I feel like since our stories are similar and very different, when you are in that tribal system, that tribal law of, I, I'm going to tell you what to do and this is how you should behave, it takes away so much of your sovereignty, so much of your personal power, so much of your personal choice, voice, whatever. So when that starts coming back and then you're interacting with the family, how can I, can I be who I am and be in this family system? And a lot of times this starts bumping up against our edges Oh, and, for sure. And yeah. then that's where, in order for it not to cross those edges where it feels uncomfortable, that's, I feel like, why boundaries are really a good thing. In fact, I had a really close friend or a good friend of mine tell me the other day, she was, we were talking, it was a while ago, and I hope I can remember this correctly, but she was talking about an experience that she was having, and, and she was reminded that as children, we give children boundaries because it makes them feel safe, right? This is part of, okay, well, we don't go across the street without looking both ways because if a car's coming, we'll be killed. So there's boundaries even to that extent. And in all areas, you can have boundaries. I mean, whether they're drastic of you either follow my rules or you are out on the street, but let's just go into the basic survival boundaries as a parent. That's what we do. And it creates safety for our children. Mm-hmm. More than not, 
even as adults, we're operating from some sort of a wounded child place. Absolutely. So in that, when they start coming up against us who we're trying to navigate, we've somehow, we're triggering their wounded child of, wait a minute, you're going against my laws, my system. Their child is activated. When we create boundaries, there's a safety. Yep. Now I know how to navigate. Well, and, and don't you feel like that's like the intrinsic um, piece of a patriarchal system where authority is the end all be all? It creates safety. Yes. Yeah. Like currently in our world, we're being told so many things will keep us safe. And so people are not questioning it. Because it pulls up that wounded child of, I don't know better, so I better trust those who know better than me because I can't go within myself to figure it out. Or I don't want to because then that could create a lot more questions and I don't know if I trust myself and yeah. And this goes, it goes beyond the patriarchy, just in a generalized sense with having boundaries with friendships, having boundaries with, with, even with your partner and the people that you're choosing to bring in on a romantic layer, having boundaries with your children of how you're going to allow them to talk to you. You know, if they're disrespectful, that's a boundary that it's not okay in my house. You know, it's not just the patriarchy. So I do want to make sure that we're, we do talk to that and the broader sense of, why are we creating boundaries? Why is it important? And how are we, how are we choosing to do that in our lives? Yeah, I guess that's pinging me a little bit because I do feel it's the lack of boundaries is a product of a patriarchal system. I agree. And, and thanks for sharing that it pinged you. (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, Yeah, I'm creating a boundary there. Go me. I don't know that that's a boundary. You're just communicating (laughs) how you're... For me, it is. Because it's for me... Okay, so for someone that came very much from, I cannot push back at all, that is. That's totally a boundary. Because I'm going, nope, I'm going to say I don't agree with you. For someone that was not allowed to do that. Yeah. And is just learning how to do that. I, I... I feel like that's you stepping into your sovereign self. Which, yes. And a sovereign self is a a self that will create boundaries. Yes. And say, I don't know that I agree with this. Or that's not okay for me. And I'm giving myself permission to put voice to that instead of just being quiet and allowing you to say all this shit. And I don't fucking believe you or agree with you. But you think you're the badass. So I'm just going to be quiet. and And there is a time and a place for that too. In my experience. Where sometimes not speaking is... Better. <laughs> I'm not saying. Please know that when I said that, I'm glad that you just vocalized. Yeah. So I just want no, to no, honor no. You I know. That. I know that. I know that. As I went <laughs> off on my tangent. I know that. that had nothing to do with you. Yeah, I know that. I know that. Definitely, if safety is being challenged, there is a time and a place, right? Yeah. So in this. The reason for me, I noticed we had talked about boundaries a few episodes ago, and I can't even remember the context. What's funny is most of our podcasts, I don't even remember what we talked about in it because things just flow, Mm -hmm. which I love. And Mm -hmm. then it's like somebody will say something. Yeah, when you were talking, I'm like, wait, 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 I don't, did we say that? I don't remember (laughs) if we said that. And so I know we talked about boundaries in some, in one of our podcasts, and I don't even remember what the context was, but I feel like. I don't think I had boundaries when I, uh, until I left religion. And then that's when it was like, oh, I get to have 
boundaries. And I will say also going through my romantic relationships, and this is something I write about in my book. There's a little shameless plug. Anyway, that I did create more boundaries. And part of it really does come to honoring our sovereign selves, Mm -hmm. going further inside, going into that heart space of what feels true and in integrity to me Mm -hmm. and how I want to walk my life. And do I let people take advantage of it? Do I let people abuse me? Do I let people talk over me, minimize me, belittle me, you name it, push their religion on me? Mm-hmm. You know, a really simple boundary, an easy boundary that that came up recently was my family has a group text. And for, you know, we've had a group text that will chat about different things, you know, whatever's coming up. And usually it's around family dinner and when we're going to have family dinner. And it started going into, it was around general conference a few years ago. And my family started having spiritual conversations with their religion, which my sister who's now left and me both are not in it. So we're quiet and it's irritating I don't want to hear this stuff because it pings up against some of my, I can't believe you're buying into this, but I don't want to push my, you know, can you imagine my sister and I starting to, Hey, did you, you know, I channeled dad last night or whatever it is, you know, it would trigger my family and they would say something, but my sister and I are quiet. So I text and say, Hey, why don't you guys spin off a group that's about your religion? Because it has nothing to do with Lachelle and I. I love you. (laughs) And so they did. But yeah. I, but the thing is, is I'm always the vocal one. I feel like in my experience, I'm the vocal one who ruffles feathers. I trigger people all the time and, yeah. and I'm okay with that. Well, I feel like one of the challenges, especially if you're from a religious family and you're no longer practicing or even with friend groups, like a lot of my friend groups had to dissolve because they were still Mormon and I wasn't is it's like this unspoken rule. We can talk about what we believe to be truth, but you're not allowed to speak anything that doesn't fit with our paradigm. That doesn't agree with it. Yeah. And it's a real inequality and that's probably not true across the board. Maybe that's a weird Utah thing or even like a Utah County thing, or maybe just a weird Valerie thing. (laughs) No, I would think anybody that has a strong belief in something most people have a difficult time having multiple, being able to, and I actually just did my first IGTV thingy because we're in the world right now where this is happening. Yes. People are so vocally expressing their opinions on something. And if you don't agree with me, you're wrong, I'm right, or whatever it is. And right. And, and it takes, I think, I think it takes a more aware person to see with multiple lenses respect someone for their opinion and also listen right without thinking I have to agree right and that I don't feel like is as common it's more of a rarity to find so it's not just a Utah thing it's not just a Mormon thing I think it's across the board yeah I I wonder what that is that we feel like we're right and because we're right everyone else has to believe the way we believe I think it's part of the ego yeah if you if you believe something so strongly for whatever your reasons are Allowing someone to share their opinion bumps up against your ego. And yeah. if you allow that and it appears to look like you're agreeing with them, what does that say about you? So I think it's just a, I feel like, I don't know, I could be wrong. Yeah, I had posted something on my Facebook page and it's it's been a little surprising to me because generally I don't get into... A, posting on Facebook, but B, posting my political or 
value held beliefs on there and I posted something and a particular individual has been very vocal on posting contrary to what I'm posting and holding that space of okay we can agree to disagree I'm not going to see it your way you're not going to see it my way and let's make peace with that I even said that it wasn't allowed there's still like a pushing back And I do find it pushes me into wanting to validate how I believe. And I've had to consciously step back and say, this person gets to have their experience and their beliefs and they're never going to, she thinks I'm crazy and that's okay. And I get to be over here with what I hold as truth and what I believe is right. And I'm posting it on my page. I'm not going to her page and like arguing whatever she posts, but there is that need to kind of validate my like validate my viewpoint and say oh but I'm right but I'm right but I'm right and having really stepping back and go well for me it's more we get to each express we have the freedom mm-hmm. to express what we believe even yeah. if it's not congruent with each other to me that's the bigger picture is there's the freedom and that's why America is such a great place is there's a freedom to have a dissenting view and to be able to speak it yeah And there's people that shame you for that. Well, and what is happening in my perspective is you're getting triggered. There she's getting triggered. And when we get triggered, we react from multiple places. Well, from our wounds, yeah. And and I remember years ago, um, a good friend of mine asked me, what if it was true? What if it is true that you are crazy, that you're crazy for posting these things? What if that's true? And that, I think, is part of the question to ask ourselves, can I be comfortable with maybe this is true? Maybe I am crazy. Maybe I am less than. Maybe I am whatever it is that's pinging. I think that question's important. And then I think it's, and this is where I, for me right now, as you're talking, I'm seeing a split. So it's a... It's a question of wondering, okay, I'm triggered. So am I triggered because there's a boundary that needs to be set here and I'm not okay with what I'm, what is happening and what I'm allowing and, or is it a trigger because it's a, it's an insecurity or a fear that I have about myself. And I think this is where the ego comes in. So can I make peace with, you know what? What if I was bipolar? This was the question that I was asking at the time, because when I went through my divorce, my mother asked me and I had been off of meds since I was 21 years old and this was I was 30 so over probably 12 13 years I've never been medicated never anything for bipolar and my mom asked me do you think maybe you're having a bipolar episode and I was like are you fucking kidding me and so I had to go sit in with that with well what if this was true would that make me less of a person yeah would that make and it was an interesting practice to do and it's a hard thing to go into and I think that's where the the ego gets pinged and so there is this split okay with my mom you know what there was a boundary hey do you realize that all of us cycle that not just somebody who has a mental disorder cycles every single one of us cycles right and so here's a boundary that you know what this isn't okay for you to keep thinking and putting me in this box that right you know Well, I would be the first one to admit that I'm crazy. I mean, if you put my views and belief systems up against mainstream America, most people would consider me crazy for the things I believe in. Not anymore. Well, it's changing. Yeah, it's changing. 
it is changing and I'm okay with that because I don't like I'm learning how to dance in my own skin and just be like it's all right I'm going to talk about aliens or I'm going to talk about channeling or I'm going to talk about the things that how I interpret the world because it's my truth and it's okay if you think it's crazy I'm fine with that yeah I think you're crazy to keep your eyes closed to choose to be blind and let someone else tell you how to live your life right we're all crazy. Oh, I 100% agree with that. that reminds, and whatever that even means. I know. Well, it reminds me of the Alice in Wonderland, the Cheshire cat. <laughs> you know, and his smile and his eyes are going, you know, we're all crazy. Like, we really are. In our own ways, 100%. Yeah. Yes, I totally agree with that. And I had a thought, and now it's escaping me. But I know. I'm thinking, okay, bringing it back around to boundaries. Well, how have you found... It beneficial or not beneficial in your life to set boundaries? Do you set boundaries? I'm learning how to. Um, mostly, so I was working with a therapist a couple years ago, and she said something that really made sense to me, and I think she actually started bringing the, the issue of boundaries up for me. But she said, if you feel resentment towards someone's actions or words, a boundary's been crossed and either you didn't have a boundary to begin with or it's been disregarded by the other person. And that has stuck with me because it's a good barometer for me to when like something doesn't feel good or I feel resentment against an like an interaction with another person, it, it helps me go, okay, why am I feeling this? Oh, I didn't have a good boundary there or yeah. I didn't voice my boundary or they're not respecting my boundary and that's not okay, mm -hmm. you know? And so if someone else chooses not to respect the boundary, then it comes down to a choice of, do I give up the boundary or do I choose out of the relationship? Right. And unfortunately that's what it gets to. It does. Yeah. It does. If someone is not willing to respect a boundary as a person, you either continue to allow that disrespect to go on and that behavior to go on, or you say, no more, I'm done, and I'm not going to interact here anymore, you know? When I feel like one of the challenges with boundaries, especially when we haven't had it, and then we start to have boundaries, especially with ones that are people that are close to us. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, it... Um, it takes a lot of courage yes. to speak to whatever that is, to yes. communicate it in however way you end up communicating it. There's a lot of courage there. And when we do that and have that boldness, especially in that relationship where we've not been that way and now we're creating that, I think it's it's it should be expected that there either is going to be a surprising reaction one way or another, mm -hmm. whether it's, in my friend's example, when she was sharing this and she was very like direct with her boundaries and communicated it very clearly and very strongly, mm -hmm. the response was very peaceful mm -hmm. and like, oh, okay. And super respected. Mm -hmm. And in other examples, for me, I either get silence, you know, no response back or it's a fight. It's a pissing match. Yeah. And that's what gets, I think, boundaries are sometimes tricky to navigate and how you want to. Yeah. So like you said, it's like yeah. it's a learning process. You're always. Well, especially in your, in a partnership, if you do not hold the same value, you're not going to have the same boundary. 
And that's tricky. That is so tricky because it comes to a point where you say, this is my boundary and I'm not okay with anything beyond that. And if it's not in alignment, there's the choice is kind of made. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm out. Yeah. And that's, that's tricky. That is really tricky. So like figuring out what your values are, because I believe values drive our boundaries. So let's talk about relationships since we're here and how, because someone who doesn't know how to create boundaries, what does that even look like? Well, it's sitting down with what are your values? What's important to you? Do I want, am I okay to allow my partner to walk all over me? Am I okay to, my partner has, when I was leaving a relationship with um, my partner that was the, I bring him up a lot because he was probably the most traumatic. So he taught me the most. Mm -hmm. I sat in a space, uh, but I love him. And it came so clear to me that it didn't matter that I loved him. Love is like the root of all things. It mattered that I chose myself first. And I feel like that's where boundaries comes into. So what are those things that you're going to allow in your life? Are you going to allow for abuse, for negative behavior towards yourself or for, condescending belittling you know what are other things Val I'm trying to well even other people that affect the relationship yeah that come in um holding the partnership like a boundary around the partnership yeah if the people in the partnership have different values on what's okay. Mm-hmm. And that can be with family me- members even, right? So the classic mother-in-law who yeah. is demeaning to the daughter-in-law, that's a tough one, mm-hmm. right? Because this is your partner's mother. It, that's tricky. Yeah. I don't I don't know. It's tricky. I'm I mean, I have very strong women as friends, you being one of them. And so I observe a lot around language and relationships. And I remember hearing it, it was another, it was another friend who's a strong woman saying that is not okay with me when he does that, that is not okay with me. And I was like, wait, what? I can say that that's not okay with, wow, (laughs) wow. I can say that it was this huge, like opening of, oh, it's okay for me in a partnership to say, I'm not okay with this. Yeah. Because that was not modeled to me as as a child. I don't think it's modeled to most of us. I think it would be a very rare thing, at least in our age group, that boundaries were never, boundaries were never a thing. We never talked about that. I feel like it's something that's more being being talked to probably in the last, what, five to 10 years. I don't know that I ever heard yeah. about boundaries before that. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I have a whole bunch of books on boundaries on my nightstand. I haven't read any of them. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, it's been a more recent practice. Yeah. And I mean, I did in my marriage, there were times where I would speak up and say that's not okay with me. But even on like I don't know. I don't know why that was such an epiphany for me. Yeah. But just to go, really, I can say that. You have a voice and an opinion. Yeah. And that I can really just stand up and say, no, that's not okay for me. See, and again, I feel like boundaries come from where is my sovereign self wanting, what am I wanting to create in my world? And then what boundaries are put in place so that I can create this. Mm -hmm. And again, I feel like, and what keeps coming up for me over and over again is 
it's it part of what makes it tricky is at the end we are creating a reality so when something happens and I love that you the way that you explained it with the therapist and how she she explained it to you I think there is always a question to come back to the self of asking okay there's something here that's pinging me is it pinging because I'm triggered is it pinging because there's a boundary that's been crossed is it both what do I need to do with this Mm -hmm. and that bringing it back to the self because I feel like what can happen is a partner, since we were just using that, a partner can say, you crossed my boundary and completely take no ownership. And this goes back to relationships in general, taking no ownership over this because it's a boundary that they've crossed instead of having the conversation or being willing to have the conversation. And instead just saying, oh, this is a boundary and then being blameless. Does that make sense? Because I feel like that could happen as we're talking and somebody's trying to explore boundaries. Well, that's where it's tricky, though, because it does come down to values. It does come down to values. And we so want other people to hold the same values that we do. We so want that. And it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And so when we want them to claim ownership of something that we feel they've done wrong, that's based on... Oh, that won't happen. No, it's based on our value of what's right and wrong. They may have a completely different value of what's right and wrong. And in their paradigm, they've done nothing wrong. So then it becomes a battle of values. And I don't feel like, to me, they're in alignment or they're not. Mm -hmm. And if they're not in alignment... That's some serious friction, especially in a partnership. Right. Or in a friendship. Right. Or in families, right? Because if we do, there has to be either, okay, we're going to agree to disagree or this isn't going to work for me mm-hmm. because my values are mine and um, your values are yours and there's no way for them to live mm-hmm. in a happy place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like an extreme example, if someone is monogamous... And someone is polyamorous. Mm-hmm. There's no way that can find alignment, right? Because one person believes in love with just one other partner, and the other person believes in love with multiple partners. Right. So someone's going to have to live inauthentically to be in that relationship, right? And that will only last for so long. They may choose to do that. Yeah, and they may, but it comes down to values. I, I feel, and we so want, um, we so want our values to be what's accepted by someone else. Mm -hmm. And that's not going to ever happen. Well, and again, this is coming back to the sovereign self of when you even said, I think it was the last podcast. I don't know since we're doing back to back, but not needing acceptance, not needing one of, you know, getting to that place to where you really don't need anything outside of you for validation or to what yeah. you're talking to. That is coming back to the sovereign self and going to the sovereign self and having values and knowing what your values are creates the boundaries. I know that this is who I am. This is my values. These are my boundaries. And if it's crossed, this is how I am going to choose to, like you were talking about, react to it. Whether we continue this relationship, we don't, or, you know, an example that I had recently was a family member. Again, see, for me, boundaries are always family-centered. With my friendships, I feel like, um, really, we attract like attracts like. So our friendships, were attracting people that have similar values to ours mm-hmm. and, you know, and relationships. And then as they further, they develop further, sometimes there's like you're talking about friction, then we decide which way to go. I've lost friends 
multiple friends throughout the years because we change. Mm -hmm. And when we change, a lot of times people in our lives don't fit anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And that's super normal. Yeah. You know, the life death life cycle. It's part of life. But in this scenario, I had posted and I shared this, I believe a little bit with, you know, I, I triggered a family member and I, it brought up what was interesting to observe is it brought up actually old family conditioning and old family ways of how I've been held by some of my siblings, which is her parent and the way that she was reacting to me, which means I, you know, all the, all of the things that start unraveling and playing out and I can see very clearly and where's the boundary that I'm holding with this? Where's the personal work that I can do around this? And this is kind of what I was talking about before is there is, it's a multifaceted thing. A lot of times, why is this pinging? What do I do about it? And for mm-hmm. me, I went, did a fire ceremony. I released some things around the shadow feminine is what, what came up. Because the need, anybody who ever has a need to belittle, mock, whatever it is, it's putting someone else down so that they can feel bigger. And there's a reason for it. Probably a fear base somehow of well, what if you're right? Wound, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's triggering on their wounds. And then it was, as I'm sitting at the fire, it hit me so strongly. I have a boundary here and I need to communicate that boundary. You do not have my permission to talk to me that way. Whether it's heard or received is completely different. And right. I don't, I can't control that. Right. All I can control in saying without attacking, I'm not okay with you communicating to me this way. Right. And however it, however it looks. So I feel like that's why boundaries are tricky is because they feel like they're always changing. Something comes up. Where's the boundary that I'm going to have here? Right. But ultimately, if they don't respect your boundary, then you have a choice. You either keep putting yourself in the situation where your boundaries are being crossed, they're not being respected, or you choose to just not engage anymore. You know what I mean? Right. So, and you and I talked about this because our experiences are a little different, partly because, again, bringing to family, because I feel like family and romantic relationships are the two biggest things for boundaries, right? right? So for me and my personal experience with boundaries that have complete, constantly changing and how I want to navigate because I'm constantly changing. Yep. One of the things, because I've sat with this, do I cut out my family because of the behavior that I continue and will more than likely always get from certain individuals? Do I cut them out because A, I'm, I'm not inviting and do not want that energy into my life or do I stand do I recognize these are family members this is still something that's important to my mother to have these gatherings and I love my mother and respect and honor her and can I gather in a family situation to where I can stand in my sovereign self and actually be quiet and not need to say anything not really need to interact I can be kind I can stand in that place from a place of love without having a relationship with these people and yet still be there. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I'm, I'm navigating as we speak. Yeah. You know, it, it'll, it'll usually pop its head up and it sometimes it, it would, it's easier to cut people off. Really. I feel sometimes it's necessary. I a hundred percent agree. That because for someone who doesn't have boundaries, and then you start to learn how to have boundaries, but they're not being respected. It's okay to say, We're I'm done. taking a time out. Oh, I've taken lots you know of time I mean? outs. And, and even if it's family, if family does not hold you in a respectful, kind place, 
you do not need to go be a punching bag over and over and over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. You don't. And that can be a punching bag physically. That can be a punching bag emotionally, mentally, emotionally, mm -hmm. spiritually. You do not need, because they're called family, you do not have to put yourself in that space, period. And I, that is my belief. Take it or leave it. I don't care if you believe with, if you agree with it or not. Um, but if you do not feel safe, there is no reason for you to be in that situation, even if it's family. I agree. And it's trickier. It is than tricky. That. Yeah, it is tricky. Without is even revealing, re like, there, like, I can't even speak to it. There's someone I know who their in-laws every time they come treat her like shit mm. to the point they don't even acknowledge her when if they're the only ones in the room that's not but okay. they're family no you know what you're coming into my home I 100% you're coming agree. into yeah, my that's home not okay. you you need to leave like I just tell my kids you know because I'm divorced I'm in a partnership right now I've had a few other partners that I outside people I'm bringing in, I believe everyone deserves kindness and respect. Yeah, I totally agree. As, as the basis level, the basis level, kindness and respect. And you don't, even you don't, even, you don't even have to like the person no. to offer kindness and respect. Yeah. And if that, to me, that's what you're saying you do when you're in that situation with your family where you feel you can't speak up, you're still showing up with kindness and respect. I, I, let me clarify this. If something came up to where I felt like all of a sudden I'm a punching bag, oh, you better believe your ass. I will stand oh, yeah, I know that up very you. clearly and yeah. say this is not okay. Yeah. And but, fuck you, but in other, in other language. Yes. Well. <laughs> but I'm not going to choose to interact and engage and I don't. Right. And you could choose to just be one-on-one -on -one with your mom and have that relationship yeah and again it's a tricky one to navigate and it's funny because even talking about it it's like god this is pretty vulnerable you know I don't even know if any of my family members listen to this yeah. and I highly doubt that they that they do because I am so controversial for most of my family members right but um it it is a very tricky space and at the end of the day I have done so much work around, especially the wounded child in me that wasn't accepted, that wasn't okay with who I was, that was a very outspoken child mm -hmm. and was mocked and belittled and minimized. And, you know, I, it's, yeah. Well, that's the tricky thing with families is because we grew up with these people, our wounding happened <laughs> with them. And right. a lot of times they know the weak spot, right? Yeah. They know how to go for the jugular. And unfortunately, in families, we do that. Yeah. We do. Like, until we've we don't. All done it. Until we don't. Um, but I feel like the very nature of it, being in a family, brings those up because that that's where they all came to fruition. Right. You know what I mean? Until it doesn't. Um, I don't know. I, I can't speak from a lot of experience. Um, so I should probably whatever I, my family doesn't talk like we don't talk about the hard things we don't get into we did we just don't and so because of that we're very distant 
even when we're together, it's very distant. And I love my family and we're all very different and we all have common wounds because we grew up together doing the best we knew how. And we don't talk about the hard things. And so with my own kids, with my own children, I'm trying to instill that in them that it we can be there for each other and we can have the hard conversations and you know what it's okay to agree to disagree and it's okay that we don't because we don't even with my children we do not have the same views on things and they think I'm crazy and they tell me they think I'm crazy (laughs) and that's okay you know they get to walk their path and I don't get to sit here and tell them that my way is their way right I don't Mm mm-hmm I don't. I respect them as their sovereign beings. I want them to be authentic to who they are. And like I shared in the last podcast, one of my son is in a black metal band, you know, and that's the way he makes sense of the world. Well, I could sit here and fight against him and all it's going to do is push him away. Or I can hold him in a space of love and say, well, I may not want to go with you to black metal concerts, but I will sure support you. You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I feel like this, um, it's funny because I, you know, it's like, yes, let's talk about boundaries. And then when you start getting into it, you're like, fuck, I don't know what I'm doing half the time. Well, but what it's a work in progress. What I do know in any relationship, there is a choice to have a conversation. And, you know, speaking to chil- children, you know, I feel I've noticed with my children, they do require conversation when something is, you know, my 10 year old has this such a deep sense of um, right and wrong, like the justice. It's interesting how our children come in wired, pre-wired with certain things. Mm-hmm. And if he feels like he's not, there was a consequence for something he did in his actions where he shouldn't have gotten it. Oh, he will, he will spin out. And so I've learned, especially with my kids to that it's important to have that conversation. I'm not of a parent talking down, and this is kind of getting worse. I'm segueing a little bit, but for some reason it's coming up, so what the hell. But I feel all of my children ha- need to have the conversation after it's kind of the the turmoil or the whatever mm-hmm. has passed. We come back and have the conversation where, like you, my family doesn't talk. Holy shit, they don't talk. And if I try to have a conversation oh my gosh, it is not received well. And it will, it almost always will erupt in conflict. Hmm. I've navigated, been able to navigate this a little bit with my mother, a little bit, and really talking through the, the thing that came up and being able to not be reactive, Mm -hmm. you know, come from a place of non-reactive and just continue to walk through it. And that's been progress, even mm-hmm. though it's it's small. But that's definitely a place where I've had to learn, even with my partner, when something's up for me to be able to communicate it. And because I do have a strong personality, be able to communicate it, not to a point to where I'm being a fucking asshole or a fucking bitch, which I totally can be, but still having the conversations, still navigating through it. And part of that, again, it does, that kind of comes to boundaries because even as you're talking, and you're saying that your family doesn't have the conversation. Is that a boundary that you're okay with? Well, no. You know? No. That, I'm curious. I'm genuinely curious as well, your friend. Well, the, the sad consequence is you can't have any depth without being willing to go into conflict. You can't. You know what I mean? And, and then there's conflict. usually no resolve, right? Well, if you hold different values, there can't. 
how can there be other than it you can come to a place of we can agree to disagree and respect each other for what we believe I I haven't experienced that with well maybe I don't know I don't know yeah I don't know (laughs) (laughs) we are definitely not experts on this topic and we have our own experiences of what we've learned yeah it's a work in progress like you know what I mean and I feel like it comes with maturity too I feel like as as you wisdom yeah as you become more comfortable in your skin and I feel that really starts happening late 30s into your 40s and older where you're willing to say, this is who I am, this is how I flow, this is how I dance in my skin, and I don't give a fuck what anyone else thinks. And I can respect other people for how Mm -hmm. they do it too. And I do think it comes with maturity. I do. Yes, and I think that maturity is wisdom, and wisdom can happen at any age. For sure. Um, especially just because watching some of these kids that are coming into the world, they're so different than what we were, you know? Yeah. And so I feel like older souls are coming in. Yeah. A hundred, a hundred percent. So just age, like biological age doesn't have (laughs) any determination on age, right? Soul, soul age. Well, in Wicca practice, you know, it's the mother maiden crone or the Mm -hmm. maiden mother crone. And it's the three cycles of life. Does it have to be in a linear timeline? No. You know, to really embody all all of those places of wisdom. And part of time is what creates wisdom and creates our knowledge and our container for what we hold and the experiences that we've had that's cre- that have created different lessons and tools that now we've gained because we've experienced whatever it's we, right. we've Experience experienced. Right, experience drives wisdom. I yeah. agree with you. Yeah. But, it, I mean, it is changing. It changes as I change. You know what I mean? Giving yeah. myself permission to say, I'm not okay with that. Mm-hmm. You know? That doesn't work for me. Yeah. I love you. And that doesn't work for me. And and being okay to create conflict. Because oh, that's a hard one for me. Well, but that is boundaries. Well, yeah, absolutely. And I'm learning how to do it. I'm learning how to do it yeah. and to be in conflict. Because for me, conflict was so unsafe. I agree. I was the same. So unsafe coming from a home. I have to be. I want to. An abusive home. Conflict was not safe. And I held so much trauma in my body around it that I'm just now processing enough of that trauma that I can be okay in conflict. Because honest to God, PTSD coming up through my body when conflict would arise. And so that puts me in fight or flight or fawn. Right. Fawn is making it okay for everyone. Mm-hmm. I'll let go of my boundary to make it okay for everyone so we don't get in any place that's not safe. Yeah. And doing my own trauma work to work that through my system, out of my body, to go, you know what? Conflict is safe. Mm-hmm. And I can hold my I can hold myself in safety in conflict. Yeah. And I still am working with that. And I think that's part of why... It was such an epiphany where I went, wait, I can say that's not okay. Yeah. That's creating conflict. I'm giving myself permission to create conflict where the wounded child in me was like, don't create conflict because that's when people get hurt. Yeah. And that's a real thing. And I thank you for sharing that because I know that's, that's a vulnerable place to... Well, I just... I think it's, I think it's extremely... 
I want to be careful because I love my family. And these were experiences, though, that you had that have shaped you and are still shaping you and how you want to navigate the world. And when we go through it, then we offer what we've learned to others so that they can. They now have permission to do whatever it is to step out of an abusive relationship or to set boundaries because you know what? This isn't okay. It's not okay that I'm allowing this in my life. So, yeah. so that, cause I didn't know that. Yeah. It's, it's tricky. <laughs> yeah. It's I, tricky. It is tricky until it's not. Until it's not. I li- I like to always say that because I want to give permission to, to allowing for the world to be softer, for our lives to be softer. While we've had so many places in our life and everyone has had this where there's deep pain, deep mm-hmm. trauma, deep sadness that I like to offer that it doesn't have to be that way. And yet there is a life-death life cycle that does continue to happen until it doesn't. Well, and I believe you have to go through the Um, unwinding process of releasing that from your body Mm -hmm. so that it doesn't get triggered so then it's not hard anymore yeah and there's no way out but through and as much as I would love for some spiritual practice that would just come in and take it all away and I would you know transcend all of it I think it's bullshit yeah. Until you go through your cleansing process and your healing process. And I don't believe that you have to relive trauma to heal trauma. I agree. But you do have to w- be willing to sit with it and acknowledge it and come to a place of acceptance with it. Mm-hmm. And allow it to move through you until it won't... It doesn't hold that um, bind. Yeah, mm-hmm. the binding around you, so that you can be in conflict without getting trauma connected to it. Mm-hmm. Well, on this, for me, what comes up and one of the indicators when because you talk a lot about the physical body and being aware, and um, I'm becoming more and more acute to that. Even as I'm practicing, like just recently, I'm learning how to cl- do closed channeling. And part of closed channeling is calling specifically on a spirit to come in and you ask him a series of questions. And then for me, because I am a physical channel, which means I feel things, Mm -hmm. it's asking a series of questions so that I can start getting really familiar with what that feels like in my body. So as you're talking, for me, some of the work that I've, and it's been surprising, it's always surprising to me the things that show up in my life that call attention to healing around, um, And this doesn't feel like to go and just, I don't need to tell a story around it. But what I noticed when something had happened, I started shaking, uncontrollably shaking, and I could feel it up my nervous system. And now that's been an indicator to me that it's not, and I think you may have shared this with me because I'm like, I don't know what the fuck this is. And, And I think it was you that shared this with me that more than likely it's because it's a lineage, it's a DNA activation that's not necessarily because of the energy. Because I'm like, this isn't even something I would normally react to. Even as I'm talking about it, I could start feeling it. Mm-hmm. It's not something that I would normally react to this way. But there's something that's so ingrained in the DNA that's asking for healing. Mm-hmm. That's asking for light to be brought mm-hmm. to it. And so I've now noticed that when that starts happening and starting that, like it's like this friction that starts coming up and I start shaking. And it's, 
you, nobody ever wants to feel like that because you're feeling like you're losing control and it's like shit I gotta control my I had it happen during a business meeting once yeah I'm like what on earth but it's an indication of deep trauma somewhere yeah. that's asking to be healed yeah it's actually the energy moving out of your body I can't remember the the technical term but it's like animals will shake after a traumatic trauma. experience to shake out the trauma so they don't hold it in their tissues. So that's what's happening. If it didn't happen at the time of um, the the trauma, what the initial thing, then you store it in your tissues. So then when you're finally giving yourself permission to let it go, it and it comes out different ways. You can shake, you can cry, you can, you know, whatever. But mm-hmm. it's energy that's trying to move moving through that's yeah. being released from your body which is a and I know for me you know instantly it's like god I got to control this what's wrong with me right instead of just an awareness and an allowance of oh this is coming up again what is this and it's for me it's becoming as I'm becoming more and more into my wise whatever self being more aware of what oh, this looks like in my body, what it feels like when, you know, as a channel and channeling spirits, which this was interesting to me, they almost always communicate how they died. And Mm. you feel it in your body. And if I don't disconnect from it quickly, I'll hold it. Mm. So then recognizing what it feels like drowning, a stroke, cancer, what it feels like in your physical body. The gal that I'm working with, she's like, you know, cancer feels, I'll taste metallics, you know, different things for her. And for me, it'll feel, feel different. So that's been... A fat, I know that we're going a little off topic, but again, even with boundaries, I feel like if you start being more and more aware of, oh, I know what this is. Mm-hmm. I know what this feels like because mm-hmm. it's feeling, there's an emotion and mm-hmm. then a feeling in my body that's coming up. I've got one of two choices. What's my, what's my thing here? What's asking to be looked at? And how do I want to, if it's a boundary that's crossed, how do I want to hold it? Yeah. Yeah. This to- this podcast is turning so different than when I... I don't know that I had an expectation, but I definitely didn't think... Well, that's what I do love, is if you can just be in the flow of it and allow it to roll with it, then I, I think that's awesome. Um, I know. <laughs> a lot of energy, huh? Yeah, a lot of energy. I feel... Are you depleted right now? Yeah, can you yeah, tell? Yeah, I can. <laughs> yeah, I probably need um, to eat. No, will you bring your energy down to your feet and take some deep breaths and move the energy down to your feet and then from your feet, pulling the energy actually from the earth into your physical body, pulling it all the way up from your toes, up, 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 with the knowing that you're being nourished. And don't, and don't forget to breathe. Deep breaths. I forget to breathe. You're holding your breath, Yeah. I am. Yes. Well, I, I actually catch myself a lot not breathing. You are safe. Yeah. You are loved. Yeah. And that was very vulnerable. I could feel it. Yeah. So thank you. Like I get emotional. Yeah. I've done a lot of work the last couple of years with trauma, um, through family constellations and I actually was thinking of another uh thing that has been super helpful for me it's called full court of atonements um it's kind of like a a family constellation is you do with other people in a 3d form and what do you mean by 3d just so um so in the physical in the physical yeah where people are 
stepping into a field, an energy field of a person and they're representing that person and As they're following proxy, their body. Right? Yeah, they're following their body to resolve whatever conflict that is asking to be resolved so love can flow through that family system. It's very powerful. And I spent a year uh, doing this year-long program working through my own stuff and then also being a, uh, they call it, you're called a representative when you're stepping into someone else's field. Uh, you're representing that family member for them. And it is channel work. Like you you have to get completely out of the way. Um, but it's profound work. Yeah. Um, so if you're interested in that, there I can you know, guide you to some people. In fact, we're going to do another year-long program starting this fall. So if you're interested, um, let me know. And then Full Court of Atonements, I feel, is family constellations in the astral realm where you can um, call what she, her name is Amy Jo Ellis, and she's channeled this from a, I think she calls them Abraham too, but it's putting in the astral realm, clearing family the family lineage and the family like coping skills and um, patterns, but you can do it just with your words, like putting that stuff into a full court of atonement. And um, I feel like that's super effective as well. Well, what I love too, and in fact, I think I just read a post because right now people are kind of up in arms around whatever Trump may or may not have said as far as disinfectant and, um, but UV light, right? Mm-hmm. So somebody just posted like the fact that we are moving into a world to where healing will be through sound, energy, and light. Mm-hmm. And even on the emotional binds and some of this stuff that when, where you said earlier, not everything has to be re-traumatized in order to heal the trauma. I 100% agree with it. And I feel like where we have been so used to the old way of navigating through healing and what was acceptable, i.e. therapy, which is just talk therapy, going into the emotions, but really not going into the energetics of clearing the binds, which is what you're talking about with the full court of atonement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's such a simple thing to do. And spending the time with yourself in that energetic place, wherever it is and whatever that looks like for you, and then sending out this invocation, if you will, or what would you call it? Not an invocation, a statement. Well, yeah, it's uh, their statements. Yeah. I mean, you're using your words really to command change. It's like a decree of, I I am doing, I am commanding this. Yeah. um, And this is coming to the sovereign self of when we step more and more in alignment with who we are and seeing these binds that are popping up. Can we just clear it with doing an energetic thing like the court of atonement with stepping in, saying these words, Mm -hmm. saying it with a full heart of knowing that this will now cut these energetic binds. Right. Can it happen? hundred percent. So can healing be quicker and more beautiful and more, you know, in shamanic, the serpent, much suffering. Yeah. Yeah. The serpent sheds her skin in one motion as we shed ours. Can it be with ease and beauty and grace? Absolutely. And part of that, you know, we're talking about boundaries and trying to navigate it. Yes, it can create conflict. And, and it's possible because as we're talking about it and our experiences has been a knowing of it creates conflict. Can we actually shift that dialogue to it may, and I'm going to surrender this to knowing that I'm just creating my boundary of I'm not okay when you treat me this way. I'm not going to allow that anymore, whatever the dialogue is, and then surrendering it to whatever is going to happen. 
allowing that it could create conflict, but not necessarily expecting it. Because if we expect it, it's going to create conflict. Um, And again, it just comes back to the sovereign self. I say this all the time. If we are just choosing to navigate our world in the way of how we want to walk and what our container then looks like, then how everybody else chooses to, to react to that is on them and not on us. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Always. And then there's a choice, right? Always. Yeah. Do we play together or do we say goodbye? Yeah. And I've said goodbye. I think you have to at times. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that may be another conversation for when, and I, yeah. Well, and, and then as like change happens, it may be a hello down the road, you know, but you really have to honor what's in the moment and if it's not serving you, right, let it go. And this actually goes hand in hand with cord cutting. Because one of the first things that when, for me in my experience, when something comes up, I do look to see if there's an energetic holding. Because a lot of times we hold, and we've talked about this before, especially if it's a, a relationship that we've had for a long time, they could be holding us energetically in an old paradigm of who we used to be, i.e. if we're talking about Mormonism, well, I'm still holding you from when you were Mormon. So this keeps bumping up against me and I keep reacting from this place. And so we get the opportunity then to look at it and go, you know what, I'm cutting these cords because when we do our work, it does cut. And I've experienced that time and time again with my relationships changing, not necessarily from having the conversation, but because I've done my own energetic work. Right. But when we cut the cords, it can allow for something new and a new perspective and a new holding of that relationship to come in. Yeah. So for someone who doesn't understand what we're saying when we say energetic cords, everything is energy. Everything holds a vibration. And when we're in relationship with someone, there is a, a... energetic cord between the two of you that is is creating that connection well we have what are they called axonal fibers that actually are going out in an energetic way from if you just look at our heart centers Mm -hmm. we have a energetic center that goes out from our hearts why my space the torrid yeah no yes and it's our is it our it's not the heart wall what is it called it's actually been they have done studies where you can see it. And our Just your heart, your energy filled, your heart filled. I don't remember what it, I think there's a term and I'm forgetting it, but our energetic field can go anywhere from three feet to 15 to 20 feet outside of our physical bodies. So every time we come into interaction with anyone, our energetic bodies are exchanging. And right. when that happens, the axonal fibers, they, they cord, they create cords. It can like look like connection. netting, can look like netting. It can, and even, to constructs. I've cut cords on people that I have religious constructs or patriarchal constructs mm-hmm. that I've seen as netting around their chakra systems mm-hmm. because it was something that energetically they bought into. Right. And with any time you do cord cutting, you always send the energy back. You pull in your energy because there's an exchange of energy that happens. Right. Yeah. So if you feel a lot of drain in your life, there may be some energetic cords that are draining you. So it's a good practice, I feel, to go in. um, And you can do it with someone else to help facilitate it until you're comfortable doing it yourself. But go in and identify those cords that are ready to be cut or need to be cut. And sometimes there's fucking still cables. Oh, yeah. I had some cables to Mormonism that I'm not going to come in and cut with little scissors. Like, I had to get those 
giant cutters, <laughs> you know, because it was so yeah. deep and it's not just, it was a family lineage thing. Like through my mom's side of the family, it goes back generations. Yeah. They were daughters of the Utah pioneers. Like they came over from England. Um, it had deep, deep roots into mm-hmm. that belief system. And so I had to get out those vice grips to cut yeah. those cords because they were, they were strong. They were strong. Plus my own practice in the religion through the temple ceremony and through oh, yeah. the things that I agreed to mm-hmm. create those energetic cords as well. So it was going in and, and cutting those so that they're no longer pulling energy from me because it doesn't connect with who I am now. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would offer that this is something that's a, con- a continual practice of cord cutting, of checking in. Like you're saying, if you feel depleted or if a relationship keeps popping up and there's some something that keeps asking to be held in a different way, I would look at cords first. Yeah. Um, in my book, I did talk about a way that you can cord cut, and I can't remember what chapter it is. Um, and then also, as far as resources, so in my book, the loving, or what is my, the title of my book? <laughs> Love in the Love Spaces in Between. In between. Um, it's in there. And then also, Elizabeth April offered, and it may have been in her, it was in her private membership group, and hopefully she doesn't get mad at me for sharing this, but she offered it's a letter, which I haven't ever experienced this, and I, I'll have to practice you mean like it. like writing a letter? Yeah, and I shared it with you. Yeah. yeah. So it is, you write a letter, and there was a few questions to ask, and at the end, the ask is forgiving it, which it goes a little bit further than the actual cord cutting um, and maybe we'll share it. Maybe we don't, I don't know. We'll have to sit with that one. But I, I feel another really effective way is writing things down and then burning it. Yes. Like fire is a very powerful alchemical tool mm-hmm. of, um, letting go of old beliefs, old patterns, old yeah. parts of you, old relationships. Like when you offer it up to fire, it's a cleansing energy. Yeah. For sure. We'll have to talk about alchemy. Yeah, yeah, that's one of my favorites. Me too. Yeah. Well, what's our ask today? Even though I'm like, was anything we said really clear? (laughs) I don't know. I guess, I guess one of the beautiful things is you. Hopefully, something that we said sparked a question, a wonderment. uh, How are you holding boundaries? And so maybe that is. Yeah, I, I guess it's good to understand when your boundaries have been crossed for me what really resonated was when the therapist said when you feel resentment either you're you didn't hold a boundary to begin with or someone's crossed it yeah so how do you know when your boundaries have been crossed and do you know do well okay do you know (laughs) if your boundaries have been crossed and if you do how do you know and when your boundaries are crossed, what's your practice? Yeah. What What is the next step for you? How do you resolve that um, part that has come into conflict? Yeah. Yeah, and one of these days we'll start a, like a Facebook group probably that's more geared towards – w- we'd love to have interaction because as we're – Val and I will ne- would never say that we have all of our shit figured out because we don't. <laughs> I don't think I ever have. I and even when I thought will. I had, it was like not even close. Oh, I did for a long time. Oh, I yeah. I all my shit. Fi- well, except I was Mormon. So that's, my uh, that's the, you know, what's funny. That was the only time I could be like, I think back then I thought I had my shit figured out. Oh, yeah. Like that's because well, you didn't have to figure a damn thing out. It was all figured out for you. Oh, my God. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. I'm like there when you leave Mormonism. For me, there are those moments, and I wrote it in my book because it was in my journal, 
maybe I should have chosen to stay in Mormonism because in some aspects it was easier to be told what to do. Mm-hmm. Even though I wasn't happy, mm-hmm. there were some aspects it was easier. This process of stepping more into the spiritual practice of who I, who am I, what am I, and going further and further in, fuck, it is not for the faint of heart. Nope. It's like the old Matrix adage, taking the red pill, and then one day going, damn it. Why did I do that? The red pill. (laughs) I should have stayed asleep. It was easier there. Steak tasted like steak. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So yeah, that's our ask. And if you don't know if you even have boundaries, that's your ask. Do you have boundaries? Yeah. What do they look like? It's just a process of discovery, right? And that's going to change. Yeah. It's going to change. So hopefully you had some wisdom offered today from us. And as always, we love and honor each of you on your journey and what you are choosing to experience each day. Yep. Yep. Have a great day. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us today and spending some of your valuable time with us. We hope there was something that you gained in your awareness that you can now share into the world. Remember, you are a divine creator. So what are you creating today? Come check us out on Instagram, Finding Oneness in Duality. We'd love to hear your feedback. We would just love to hear from you. Please feel free to come check us out. Relationships are two-sided, so come be the other side. Finding.oneness.in.duality. It's too long. <laughs> Thank you so... Okay, you guys stop laughing. <laughs> Oh, you even got it? Okay, I had to pull that in. (laughs) (laughs) Laughter is good for the soul. All right. Squirrel. (laughs) Okay.